amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. The last time we talked, I talked about suggestion and expectation. Operations in our brain can be directed by our mind to create a new understanding and maybe influence, very likely influence, the actual structure of the brain. Today I'm going to talk about what, for want of a better word, we could call instinct. But what I'm really referring to are programs that are accompanying us when we come into this life. There are a number of interesting programs that are functioning in our brain and ready to turn on when events arise. I've got a few examples from my own life. I'm a fortunate person in that I have an extremely good memory for early events in my life. I looked at a third grade class picture of mine and I could identify all but two people in the picture. That's a blessing in a way. Of course, it's a curse in another. And then if you asked anybody about my ability to remember names, not so much. But anyway, when I was about four years old, Across the street from my house, we had a body of water called the slough. It was surrounded by cattails. It was quite muddy. It didn't really have fish in it. Uh, nothing to write home about. We'd skate on it in the winter. But when I was about four or five, I remember distinctly walking along, and the grass was maybe up to my ankles, and suddenly I saw a movement in the grass and I identified instantly as a snake, and I was paralyzed. I was scared to death. I saw that, and I was frozen. Now, I believe our mammalian brains acquired a built-in fear of snakes because of what we experienced a lot of eons ago. And it's built in, and it's a, it, it really gets your attention. Now, being like a lot of boys, then I had to challenge myself and see what I could do. And very gradually, I finally reached where I could step on their tail and pick them up and hold them. And I even brought them home once, and my, my parents did not appreciate that. They're garter snakes, you know, non-poisonous snakes. But the point I'm driving at here is, is that I was wired to be deeply afraid of snakes. And then I unwired myself. I have, I have had a dog in my past, a bright, smart dog. I had a lot of great dogs in my past. In fact, I'll be mentioning them from time to time. This dog was a terrier-type dog, about 30, 32 pounds, smart as could be. And she and I were walking near a lake near my home here in Fort Collins. It's actually a reservoir. There were gulls in the air, and there's this and that in the air, and she pays no attention. But then a really interesting thing is I saw a bald eagle coming low. By low, I mean 20 yards off the surface of the water in our direction. That dog stopped, stared, 
and every hair on her back from the top of the crest of her head all the way down to the end of her tail stood on end. Autonomic nerves response. She went into the sympathetic nervous system. She identified this bird as a threat. And she had never done that before. And she kept her eye on it, and I kept my eye on it. And she, she didn't move. She just watched and watched, and it went by, and it was nice. But there you see a dog somehow had a hard wiring that a particular size bird coming into her presence like that was a source of fear. And then I have a friend who had a nice Labrador. And uh, one day uh, at our house, the dog was there, and we happened to have on uh, a National Geographic channel, more in the background than anything else. And on it was about uh, cougars. And anyway, the dog was sitting right next to the sofa. And as you know, a lot of bright dogs do watch television. When a cougar was seen on the TV, this dog stood, snarled, and all the hair went up on its back. That dog had been hardwired from birth that this particular cat was dangerous. Another important hardwiring that we have, and this goes for almost the whole animal kingdom, is we have a fear of death. And that fear of death manifests itself as soon as the brain is mature enough to conceptualize death. And that's anywhere from four to six years. A very famous psychiatrist, psychologist by the name of Irving Yalom talked in existential psychotherapy about the first big impact in our development is realizing that we're mortal and being afraid. This extends, as far as I know, to almost everything in the animal kingdom. And why is it there? Because the species would die out if we didn't have it. And so what do we, children raised in Christian homes are often taught, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep, if I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. That prayer is taught to children because they are learning to fear death and their Christian parents are wanting them to be reassured that when they go to sleep, if they die, they'll be okay. And pretty much that fear of death is pretty strong. I once, in an ill-advised decision, I have a number of those, climbed the highest mountain in Colorado, Mount Elbert, which is 14,000 and, I don't know, 400 feet. But I made the mistake of starting out at 10 in the morning. And when I got up on top, the clouds had collected and the, the storm was coming, was there. Lightning flashed near me. And as I walked, the rocks that I was walking through would snap as electrical discharges an inch long would go from one rock to the other. All my hair stood on end, and that wasn't because of my sympathetic nervous system. It was that the magnetism there did it. And I realized I could be struck by lightning, and I immediately felt enormous fear. I found myself uh, depression in the ground, and I had rubber-soled shoes on, so I crouched down and stay in a crouch with just my rubber-soled feet between me and the ground and hope that the lightning bolt didn't get too close. Well, obviously, you can tell it didn't. 
But again, what I'm reporting is that fear. Now, what happens to that fear as we get older? Now that I'm in my late 70s, and I have a number of people that are close to me and similar ages who've died, and I find an awful lot of them die quite peacefully. Where is the fear of dying? That fear probably is diluted with age, and people are more graceful than if they were 18 or 20 or 24. And then you only have to look at the terrible phenomena of suicide bombers. And their fear of death is gone because they experience a belief, a mindset that said, if I destroy myself in this act, things are going to be so much better for me. And they go in not necessarily very afraid of death. What I'm wanting you to have as a take home here is understand that we have hard wiring, but it isn't the hardest wiring. In fact, one expert once said it's soft wiring because it can be changed. And the change process is a change of mindset. And so I changed my mindset from fear of snakes to being able to pick them up and show them. And, you know, I never have really liked snakes much. And I know I'm supposed to be an equal opportunity guy. I just don't like reptiles. And that's okay. I'm going I'm to let myself have that one thing. But I changed my mindset. The, the two dog ex- examples I showed you, uh, we didn't work on their mindset. But dogs, we do know, can be trained to have mindsets change. That's what the training of dogs is entirely about acquiring a specific mindset. I had a wonderful hunting dog, a British Labrador, and she had an inborn mindset to find birds and retrieve them. And it was the greatest pleasure in her life. That was hardwired, and I encouraged that. Now, when we look at our own mindsets, we do know with Parkinson's that because death is an eventuality, that our fear of dying is triggered when we get the word. Although, uh, for me in my life, I have reached the point of great peacefulness about my own death. Don't know what lies beyond. I was raised and practiced Christianity almost my entire life. Do not do so any longer. But that's neither here nor there. What's happened is that fear of death was really strong. And now I almost can see it as a relief or a welcoming. And I have a DNR, uh, don't not resuscitate. I've got my uh, final affairs in order so that nobody will go to extreme lengths to nourish me if my brain is pretty damaged. I hope you get the gist of this. It's, uh, it's really interesting, actually. So the next time we talk, which will be tomorrow, I'm going to have something else, but I'm not sure which one of my topics it's going to be, so tune in then. And have your best friends and neighbors and anybody else tune in too. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.